Next on BYU Sports Nation, the dynamic duo of BYU football. Why the Cougars have two number one receivers. But which receiver will have the better season? NFL veteran Brian Kill joins us on Fast Friday to give his opinion and a few others along the way. Plus, suspensions on the Nebraska side and BYU volleyballers doing work for Team USA. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. Like we always do, BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Friday, August 14th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with self-proclaimed A-minus co-host, Brian Logan. A-minus. I'm trying to get to an A status, man. I just need some more reps, you know, so more vacations by Jerem and more vacations by you, which I know will not happen because you are the hardest working man I've ever known. Stop. Stop exaggerating. What, man? Don't do this. Yeah, what? You don't take any breaks, man. You just work. <laughs> all you do is work. Well, You're I took a hard a, worker. I took a break last week, and conveniently when I was out of the studio, you said something that really perked up my ears. More on that in just a moment. <laughs> Hey, did you hear about this? The whole BYU football team shows up on the lawn of one member of BYU Sports Nation yesterday. Her name is Amy Miller. You may remember we talked about her. She's the girl that broke her arm going all out to try and get a swag box in a contest. Hashtag BYU 50. Well, Bronco Mendenhall got word of that and the assistant coaches and then talked to David Almodova, the director of athletic marketing, and said, hey, we got to do something. So they go to her house, the whole team, on her front lawn and present her with season tickets and swag, a t-shirt for every day of the week, and then sing Rise and Shout. How cool cool is that? That's pretty cool, man, for the whole team to go and do that. I mean, we saw some some tweets from some of the coaches and, you know, what do you need? Can we get you tickets? But for the whole team to go and and sing, and I saw some videos from the players <laughs> where you know they put they they put her up on their shoulders while they were singing. Um, so pretty cool, man. It got me thinking, Spencer. What bones should I break to receive, you know, some gifts like that? Apparently, that's all you have to do, right? That's right. Break a bone, going for a hashtag BYU right. fifty bucks. Right, right. You got to be going hard and be going fast to get the reward. I don't know. Would it count if it were like a pinky or something? No. Nah. I mean, her arm was in an S. And then she still won the box and then was smiling during the picture. That's the thing. Like, the whole thing is just like, huh? Right. It. I wonder, I wonder how big of a deal it would be if she, like, broke it and, like, just, like, sprinted to the, to the hospital. And then was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I, t- I, I touched the box first. Give me my gift. But the fact that she no. stayed with a broken hand, arm and smiled, yeah. Mm-hmm, that puts the team on your front lawn. Yeah. Can you right, open exactly. the door? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's 100 people on my lawn. BYU freshman Riley Burt headlines our BYU Sports Nation headlines today. He tweeted out that he will be moving from cornerback in Brian Loganville to running back. Burt played running back at Box Elder High School in Utah last year where he rushed for over 1,100 yards his senior season. Very interesting move. Uh, Nebraska head coach Mike Riley announced that he has suspended five players for their opener against BYU. Riley would not disclose which players or the reasons behind the suspensions. 
So very interesting there. Uh, Nebraska fans hoping and praying that it's not one of their stud defensive players on the defensive line and the uh, linebackers. USA Volleyball gets a three-set sweep of Mexico at the Pan Am Cup in Reno, Nevada. BYU Cougars Ben Patch and Jake Langlois. Leading Team USA with 17 kills and two blocks for Patch and 16 kills for Langlois. The U.S. wraps up pool play tonight against Argentina. Number 19 BYU Women's Soccer hosts Arizona tomorrow night at Southfield. The game will be broadcast on BYU TV beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Brian, uh, Brian Logan will be in attendance giving away free gushers to the first 50 fans that arrive at Southfield. Ooh, if you will go 50-50 with me <laughs> on buying those, I'm all in. How's that for dedication? <laughs> or just heaped on you by me. Wani Unga with the New York Giants and Spencer Hadley and Rob Daniel for the Oakland Raiders will be in NFL preseason action tonight. Good luck, Rob! Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Will the real Elite receiver, please stand up. Let's go ahead and open this topic with today's Twitter question. Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz, who will have the better statistical year and why? At DeYoung1993, first tweet in. By a freak coincidence, they'll both end up with the exact same stats. (laughs) That will not happen. Nope. Mm -mm. But it's a nice thought. Impossible. This Twitter question is all set up by something my colleague Brian Logan conveniently said when I was not in studio. Listen to this from last week. I'm going to say Nick Kurtz. I mean, he was above and beyond uh, what you expected a newcomer to, to come in and, and perform. Um, even above, I believe, Mitch Matthews at that time. It wouldn't surprise me if he had better numbers than Mitch Matthews. Okay. Yep. Settle I, down, Brian. I said it. I'm calm, man. Settle down. Cool. Calm and collective. I'm cool like the other side of the pillow, my brother. Why would you <laughs> why would you be so adamant to say Nick Kurtz? How dare you? Man, well, will it, be the it, number one receiver for BYU this year. First of all, Spencer, uh, he was the 2014 fall camp MVP. There is a lot of hype. What has that ever in- done for anybody? Uh, I don't know, but there is a lot of hype <laughs> going into that camp, right? As far as you know, who's what players are going to emerge? You know, there's a lot of JC JC transfers. You have Devon Blackman, and and he was the one that was consistent. He was the one that stood out from day one, and he's doing it now. I mean, he's 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 continuing to 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 impress coaches and make plays. And that's the biggest thing is that he he actually makes plays. It's one thing for a receiver to move the chains and get first downs. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you extending our drive. But you know what I appreciate more, Spencer? Touchdowns! Highlights! How many has he had in a game? He's had zero right now at the (laughs) D1 level, but at JC in high school, he's probably had like 50. But look, he attacks the ball at the highest point, which I think some of the receivers last year lacked doing. Uh, when you look at his route running, they're very precise. And, and somebody that probably runs a 4-5, four, 4-6, four, that's okay if you can make up for it with your route running. All you need is, is, is one or two, two yards of space to be open. And when you, when you consider all that, that Mitch has and, and all the eyes that are going to be on Mitch this next year. Because he's the guy. Because he is, yeah, he, right now he is the guy. With the scouting report, 
there is no there is no Nick Kurtz right now. That he's not in the scouting report. A red shirt junior college transfer. Wow. Okay. I'm not going. I don't care about him. Oh, something that's notable. Oh, he's six five. Okay. That's okay. DBs. You know, maybe watch out for this guy. But as a D coordinator, DB coach, I'm not worried about him. I'm talking about Mitch. So because of that, that's going to free up a lot in the, at least in the very beginning. A lot of a, a lot of. Uh, pressure or coverage for Nick Kurtz to do what he does best. And I'm not concerned that he hasn't played a D1 game yet. Spencer, why? He's a JC transfer. What oh, do please. JC transfers do please. all the time? All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Please. You're he was gonna, rated the number four. You're going to see your argument on that. The very, you're going to end your argument on no, the fact no, that he's I got a JC I got, transfer. I got something better. Look, he was rated, coming out of junior college, the number four receiver in the nation. The nation offers from USC, Oregon, and LSU. Some people scratch their head to this very day, including myself. Why did you come to BYU? You had offers from LSU. Now, I'm happy that you're here. But we're glad but he did. That's what I'm saying, man. You, all those things... It just—it just. I know speaks. what my eyes tell me about number Nick one Kurtz. receiver. I know what my eyes tell me about Nick Kurtz, and I agree with you. He attacks the ball at the highest point. Good route runner, and yeah, he had a ton of good offers from huge programs, and he chose BYU. The fact of the matter is, I haven't seen him in a game yet. So how, in any logic whatsoever, could I go out on a limb and say, yeah, Nick Kurtz is going to have better numbers than the proven commodity? I just can't do it. No, it doesn't make sense because he hasn't played in a game with the quarterback, Taysom Hill. Okay, you know my stance on Mitch. He's going to have an elite year. I've been saying that since March. 800 yards isn't count for elite, but yeah. I didn't say. Why are you saying I, I said just, 800 yards? I didn't. I didn't say that. I, I didn't where say did that, that come from? I didn't say that you said that. Superman wears pajamas <laughs> with Mitch's face on it, okay? He is the most interesting man oh, in the BYU man. football world. His feet don't get blisters. His shoes do. <laughs> Opposing defensive backs thank Mitch when he embarrasses them and scores touchdowns against them. Mm. That is Mitch Matthews. Thanks for getting me on this Wheaties box. I can give you ten reasons, exactly, why he's elite. Six six runs good routes, crazy athletic. Sounds a lot like Nick Kurtz. But I've seen these things on the field, Brian. But here's number one on my list, and I'm going to throw it all on this. Taysom Hill trusts Mitch Matthews. What's that, Taysom? You trust Mitch Matthews? Yes. And, and, and Nick Kurtz. In a critical game situation, when Taysom needs a play, a first down, a red zone touchdown, Mitch is always going to be the first option, dude, because the trust is established. Coaches talk about quarterbacks throwing receivers open. Mitch is always open if you throw him open because he is 6'6 and athletic. I don't see any any reason why Mitch Matthews shouldn't be the number one target. As good as Nick Kurtz is, as amazing as he's been in fall camp, I just don't see it. I don't see that Mitch is not the guy that's the number one statistical receiver. The great thing, though, is that this is an additional weapon for this offense, for Taysom Hill. If, if one has gone down or if one is double covered, what, if one is having a bad game, whatever the case is, you can always go to the other side. Here is the great, great, great news, Brian. While we 
may have our differences on who is going to have the better statistical year. The fact that BYU has two legitimate number one type receivers is a really good thing. Think about that. The la- when was the last time BYU had two number one type receivers on the field at the same time? 2008 comes to mind. That was the pinnacle. Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta. They combined for 189 catches. 2,600 plus yards, 21 touchdowns. I mean, unparalleled numbers at BYU, which is why they both got drafted in the NFL. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Twice. BYU has had two 1,000-yard receivers in the same season. Only twice. 2008, Colley and Pitta, as we just referenced. And in 1990, Andy Boyce and Chris Smith. They also had Ty Detmer as their quarterback. Now, we're not saying that there are going to be two 1,000-yard receivers in the same season. The point is, Mitch Matthews and Nick Kurtz are both number one type guys for Taysom Hill. Not often do you have 6'6", 6'5", a guy that's proven himself at 922 yards last year in Mitch Matthews. And mm-hmm. then, as you mentioned, Brian, the guy that had offers from Oregon LSU and USC and chose BYU. See, with with with, with Nick, where, where I feel Nick has the edge on Mitch is, yeah, he's six five, but he really plays at six nine, maybe even six ten, because his ability to go up and get the ball. And, and 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 my concern is, and your concern is this, you know, he hasn't played, but check this out, man. Why do why do do coaches go and recruit JC transfers? Because they are a step above high school kids. They have another level under their belt. And they are more mature and they're more game ready than an, than an average freshman coming in, average newcomer coming in. So that is why I'm not too concerned with that, my friend. I just wanted to throw a little rebuttal back in there. We can continue. I love that you started your we argument can, with the fall camp MVP. <laughs> He's the fall camp MVP and that's why. That's it. Who's going to have more rush, or more receiving yards on September 5th? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 22 days. Brian, that I'm telling you, you're getting better every day. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I just I just go with you, man. I just go with the flow. That was on pitch. That's a lot of see. It's it a lot of syncopated. Hey, man, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot of film study. This is hard work that goes in here. I go home at night. I replay it. I close my eyes. I try to really hear the sound, the pitch levels. My wife helps me out a lot. She's a beautiful voice. So I try, man. Thanks. Our Twitter question today: <laughs> Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz? Who will have the better statistical year as a receiver, and why? Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS, and let's get a tweet or two in. Tweet, tweet. At Family Budge, Nick will develop into a better receiver as he progresses. Hashtag Mitch Match is the baller this year. Hashtag catches everything. Hmm. So a we'll vote for Mitch, nice. but that Nick will progress. Okay, at Crazy Cook Fanatic says, perhaps defenses will key in on Mitch, giving Nick Kurtz more opportunity. But really, can't we have twin tower domination? Yeah, <laughs> right. This is, this is a, a really interesting thing to watch. Double teams on Mitch Matthews, Nick Kurtz, frees up uh, some of the, the running game for, you know, well-needed Algie Brown. My man, Nate Carter, running game will be strong too. Up next, it's Fast Friday with Brian Kill. He'll weigh in on the Twitter question and a few other things. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this very minute on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Women's Soccer takes on Arizona tomorrow night at Southfield. Tune in on tune into BYU TV for all the action. Uh, match kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern Time with BYU TV's elite, elite host on the call. Jared? <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to get you. We're all taking some humble hey, pie. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Our Twitter question today, Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz, people? Which receiver will have the better statistical year for the Cougars and why? At Tana Chris says, Matthews. More experience and established chemistry with Taysom Hill. That's the thing for me, Brian. On a third down and seven, you know, like a back shoulder throw. He's done it so many times before. I just, I just think that that. Why that, are that you is only the reading the Mitch Matthew? That's the edge responses. I, I don't. I'm not just purposely reading people that agree with me. Oh, oh okay. It was the first just, one oh, there. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> At Twig Stone says Kurtz. Looks fast, so I think he has potential for more yards. I think Matthews will have more catches, but less yards. Well, see, you know what? That, that's a possibility because I see Mitch as a uh, move-the-chain type of guy, somebody you can rely on. Yes, he has good, good and strong hands, but what are you going to do after the catch? And you look at Nick's highlight tape coming out of junior college, he'll take those five, ten-yard hitch catches and turn them into 60, 50-yard touchdown runs afterwards. It's a fast Friday, and we are privileged once again to be joined by Brian with a Y. Big B, Brian Keel back in Studio B. Brian, what's up, man? Not too much, fellas. You've had time to now listen to a couple (laughs) of arguments between Brian and myself. When you look at the receiving core, what Mitch Matthews did last year against Nick Kurtz, the guy who, as Brian, Brian pointed out, he feels will have better statistics and was recruited by or, or well, offered rather by Oregon and LSU and USC. Which guy is going to have the better statistical year? What does this have to do with the defense? It doesn't. It has <laughs> just nothing kidding. to do with the defense. Kidding. I was just nice. kidding. No, you're not. No, I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, it is important. It is essential because we got to score points to win. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I can I can agree with points of both of your arguments, and I don't know. I really don't know. Experience is important. Um, the the young up and comer with the the big potential is also mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I had to make an educated guess or a wager. Which That's what we want. We don't wager here, but if I had to. Uh, I'd probably go with the experience. Okay. Mm, Mitch okay. Matthews and the experience. <laughs> okay. right. His 922 yards. I want lo- lunch from both of y'all. <laughs> I'll, buy you, lunch. I'll, I'll buy you lunch. Brian, I will buy you lunch. Yeah. I will do that. Spencer okay. will buy you lunch. But okay. will you buy me lunch if Nick oh, Kurtz yeah. has, or yeah. sorry, if Mitch Matthews has the better Yeah, yeah, here. man. You, you can go to the dollar menu. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no we're menu. talking nice, gas we're talking nice <laughs> lunch. <laughs> You can get a gas station hot dog. <laughs> 49 cents. Been sitting in there all day. Okay, so you, you've given the opinion. We'll get back to more of the individual performers on this BYU squad uh, in just a little bit, but I want to bring up something on Tuesday, Brian. Uh, as I talk to the players and as I witness my own eyes, a brutal, brutal practice on Tuesday for BYU football. Players got in some fights, some scuffles. They were sternly punished. This is kind of a new thing where it's just like, okay, I am... Frank Wintrick said, I'm going to destroy you because Bronco Mendenhall wants me to do that when players step out of line. Okay, I had a few guys that were like, bro, worst day of my life. Ever. Worst practice ever. 
What was the worst practice you ever had oh. at BYU? Oh, uh, that's a good question. That's not what I thought you were direction you were going. But uh, they were going to say NFL. No, I thought I thought he was going to ask what I thought about the fights and well, the, the punishment. Get, we're we're going to get your take on that too. Okay, worst practice I ever had would would be all the way back to 2005. I'm one month removed from the mission field. <laughs> I'm deathly sick with the flu, and it's 102 degrees out there. One of the first practice practices like this. It's this time right mm-hmm. now. Ten years ago. That's crazy, man. Ten years ago. Ooh. Ten years ago. That just, whoa, that just hit me. Get old, man. Ten years ago, five, I'm a month removed from the mission. Deathly sick with the flu. The humid burner out there. 20-something period practice. Yep. Full pads. <laughs> just miserable. <laughs> and I just sucked it up. And, you know, I, I, I just, I've, I've never called in sick. On, in football, so I was I was out there, sucked it up, couldn't breathe, couldn't run, couldn't couldn't do anything because of all of those factors. Oh, and it was a tough, physical, brutal fall camp practice. That was a, that was the worst one for me. Yeah, so but I made it through. I, I made it through. I admire. I, survived. I admire that. I admire that for me because me, I would have definitely been sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so. Brian, they, this is something new where players mess up. You jump off sides. You get a personal foul. Whatever the case is, drop you, a pass. You, yeah, you run straight to your coach and you do ten up downs or you, like or you do something right. So we believe that this is stemming from the bigger issue, which BYU was fifth most in penalty yards last year uh, in the nation. And so you know a lot of those uh, penalties had the, you know they came from personal fouls, mm-hmm. right? So discipline, discipline, discipline yeah. is really the message. Uh, that that Bronco and the staff is is trying to convey. What would you do? And 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 do you like it? Right? Love do you it. like that message? Do you like the you know what 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 he did? Make the guys run and condition it after a fight like that. I I love it. Absolutely love it. I think for this age group, one of the maybe not the but one of the quickest ways to get a message across is pain and suffering <laughs> and annihilation. <laughs> And it, from the sounds of it, I wasn't there, but I, I mean, I heard on the radio and from the sounds of it, it was pretty rough what they had to go through. And yeah, that, that would get the point across to me if, if I was being a numbskull, which I've never been a numbskull in my life. I wish. <laughs> no, uh, that would get the point across. So, 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 what, so OK, so let's 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 back up a little bit. So what about the, the fighting, though? Because we've been That's, we've been uh, in fights, right? And and from every single level, from Pee Wee's all the way to the NFL, there's fights, right? Nobody's breaking jaws, but there's there's <laughs> fights that occur. And there's times where people fight, and you're like, ah, it's funny. It's like thirty seconds. That's DB's receivers. Okay, right, go, right. On. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Go on. Go on. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Corner uh, receiver. Go yeah. on. Okay. All right. Let me, let me stop there. I'm, we're on the same side here, B. Okay. Let me stop there. Uh, so, but this sounds like it was more of. O versus D, you know, really well, messing up the, the, the course of the practice. I wasn't yeah. there. This is just what I've heard. So what do you think, though, about that? Do you like to see the fights, fighting happening this early? It's one of those things. It's like if there's no skirmishes, you might be a little too soft. Mm-hmm. Might be a little too soft. But if you can't run a single play without breaking out into a pushing match, then your team's got no discipline. And so every coach is different. Every Every player is different, has a different philosophy, uh, where the fine line is. Um, I could tell you right now, in my whole football career, I never threw a punch because I think it's just stupid. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, punch somebody with a helmet on? 
break your hand. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, you can punch him in the shoulder pads. What are you going to do? I never, I never pushed anybody, never threw a punch. I defended myself. Um, you know, I would use, if someone pissed me off, I'd get him between the whistles. Yep. You know, I'd get him back. I'd make sure they knew I was coming for him and come for him in, in between the whistles. That's, see, that's, that's what, how see, I took see, care that's of it. That's what the DBs and the receivers did. That's what, you know. To, that's how I took care of it. Interceptions. Better and, keep your head on a swivel. That's right. Yeah. So Brian brought up the statistic that BYU is the fifth most, most penalized team in the entire country unacceptable. Last year. But Baylor and Oregon also in the top five and higher than BYU. So... So gauge, what I would gauge, say, gauge that. How much? How much well, do you want to fix? What I would say go. is, Here imagine where Baylor and Oregon would have been if they were more disciplined. That's what mm. I would have said. Imagine where they would have been. Maybe Baylor wouldn't have slipped up and lost that one game. Maybe they would have made mm. the championship and won and had a, a trophy in their case right now. Okay. See, and, and to me, to me, and this is something that. Um, Coach Hill, when I was getting recruited, the, the, the DB coach, defensive coordinator, 2009 and uh, four games of 2010, uh, said was about BYU and why we're successful is, you know, we, we may not be as talented yep. as the Oregons and the Baylors, but we make up for that mm-hmm. with our discipline. And so we have to work harder, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be smarter. Yep. And then we have to be more disciplined. And that will allow our talent level from a, go from a 7 gap. to a 10. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more with that. So that's people ask what was missing last year. It's those elements. It's discipline. It's assignment football. It's effort. It's just the little things that make a big difference. See, and, 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 that, and to me, that brings the issue of recruiting, I mean, at a, at a standstill. Because yeah. you look at teams like you, you, you yeah. guys, who I truly believe in, who you said, I remember you coming back to our locker room, 2009, 2010, maybe not 2009, but 2010. You guys have way, way more talented yeah. than oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, but they were producing better stats, you know, more wins, and it's, and it's just that, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you have... If, if you can, if, if BYU is getting the guys like you claim they are, because I'm saying the same thing. I'm yeah. going back to these guys. We didn't have the Rob Daniels, right? And you're saying no. the same thing. No. We, you're saying the same thing. We didn't have the Kyle Van Noys. <laughs> no. Right? And so imagine what we're both saying as far as, hey, if, you, if these kids that are, have bet more talent than us than we yeah. played can get our mindset yeah. that we had, the discipline, you know, the, the you know, education and, and knowing your, your assignments – Dude, to me, you, BYU will be able to compete with the UCLA's. The I want to point something out. The smartest football player I know of, and, and I don't think you could, anybody could really put an argument against this, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Okay? He did something last year. I don't remember even what game it was, but I, my whole point here is picking your moments. There was a player on the other team that did like a cheap shot on one of his receivers. or I can't even remember who it was or what the situation was, but all I remember is – the, the Broncos scored a touchdown, and it was after the touchdown that Peyton decided to go get in the face of this DB, oh, yep. the safety or whoever that. it was, and Peyton got a flag, uncharacteristic of him. He got a personal totally foul. Totally worth it. And he said, he's, and it was, it was at the end of the half, and it was, and it was after a touchdown. Uh-huh. And he's like, if there's a time to get a flag, it's right now because it was completely inconsequential mm. to the game. And it, people talked about how methodical – is this guy <laughs> that he is picking out the moment when he's going to get a personal foul that has no bearing on the game. The penalty wasn't even, you know, they couldn't do anything because yeah. it was the end of the half. And that's smart. 
That is smart right there. So, so going back to the penalties, there, there are penalties that are just drive killers yep. on offense. If you get a holding penalty as offensive lineman, you're, if you get it on first down, now you got first and 20. Yep. If you get it on second down, now you got second and 17. If you get it on third down, now you got third and 15. You're not going to convert. Mm-hmm. That kills the drive. If you're on defense and you're in the red zone mm-hmm. and you get a, a penalty, you know, a, a personal foul or a, a PI or something, that puts yep. them on the goal line. You know, yep. it, it just it gives away points. Be like Peyton. Pick your moments. Mm, it's like a fast Peyton. Friday with Brian Keel, and he is bringing it. Be methodical if you're going to get a personal foul. <laughs> Think about it and then go after him when it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> That's a new one, man. It is. Be it's like a new Peyton. one. But it takes a guy like Peyton Manning to bring it up, right? Yeah. Makes sense. More with Big B and Little B after the break. What would Brian do with injuries in early camp? How would you handle those things? Think about that. I want my players to look at Mitch when he comes back and say, oh, no, 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 no. You're not getting this rep. This is my rep. You earn your right. And I know that's going to be Mitch's attitude when he comes back. And uh, if it's not, then he's not the player that I think he is. BYU wide receivers coach Guy Holiday on Mitch Matthews got to earn that spot back once he gets into fall camp. Mitch says he expects that to happen sometime next week. Welcome back on a Friday, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Don't forget to vote on the greatest plays of BYU Independence on BYUtv.org. We are in the final days of voting on the final eight plays. Close matchup right now between No Helmet, No Problem and Taysom's take, Texas Takeover. Vote now on BYUtv.org. No Helmet, No Problem. Come on, people. I voted for that to help my man Spencer out. Matt Reynolds, no helmet, lays out a defender. Riley Nelson throws a touchdown pass, gets drilled right after he gets rid of the ball. Then Cody Hoppin dodges three guys, gets into the end zone. Would you want that, Brian, or would you want Taysom? I don't know. All I know is if my helmet comes off, I'm done for the play. Stop it, right? (laughs) I'm done. That's That's, 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 why I'm done, done, man. gets my vote, (laughs) man. I'm I'm done. My helmet comes off. (laughs) I am putting it back on, securing the straps. Then I will resume playing football. I got too much going on right here that's important for the rest of my life, both on the outside and on the inside. Both on the outside and on the inside. This this is my moneymaker right here. This is my moneymaker. I can't afford to mess that up. I'm not going to play without my help. The absolute disregard for his own personal well-being on Matt Reynolds. That alone should get that play to the final four of best plays in independence. Come on, people. Get on and vote, BYUtv.org. We'll tweet out a link, I'm sure, uh, today and then over the weekend just to remind you before voting closes on Sunday night. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines starting with this. Freshman Riley Burt tweeted out that he will be moving from cornerback to running back where he excelled in high school. Nebraska head coach Mike Riley announced that he has suspended five players for the opener against BYU. Uh, He did not disclose which players uh, would not be uh, or that would not be participating during the first game. Uh, so we'll find out soon. USA Volleyball gets a three-set sweep of Mexico at the Pan Am Cup in Reno, Nevada. Ben Patch and Jake Langlois representing BYU. Patch had 17 kills and a couple of blocks. Langlois had 16 kills. Well done, fellas. Wani Unga and the Giants. Spencer Hadley and Rob Daniel with the Raiders uh, will be in NFL preseason action tonight. Good luck, to Rob, Spencer, and Wani, the only time I will ever root for the Oakland Raiders <laughs> is for those guys right there. 
Yes. Ben Bagley is staring very, very deeply at you right now. Can he like, mute my he, mic you from the back? You can feel the hatred coming through. <laughs> you're safe, man. It's the Raiders. Okay. It's the Raiders. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know why They'll mess here. it up. Part two of Fast Friday with Brian Keel goes now. Brian, I, I put out a question before the break. As a head coach, if you were a head coach at BYU or anywhere for that matter, how do you handle early camp injuries, both mentally and the stress that comes along? How do you handle that? I don't know. I, I don't even have an answer for that question, which is why I'm sitting here and not over on the field over there <laughs> at practice as a coach. That's, why Bronco that's gets, part gets of it. That's one of the – that's, that's like reason 15 on the list, and there's like <laughs> 200 reasons of why I'm not going into coaching. But that's a big reason. <clears throat> injuries suck, and, you know, there's not much you can do about it. And, you know, it's funny, there's, there's like different philosophies and, and some coaches just have no patience for injuries, especially soft tissue injuries. Mm-hmm. And they, in their mind, it's like, suck it up and play. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, especially you get a coach who'd never really played that much themselves and they don't really understand. Those are the worst. So in their mind, soft tissue injury, they just think the player is just being a pansy. Yep. They're like, you better not have a broken leg if you're not going <laughs> to practice today. Even if you got a broken leg, put some tape on it. it yeah, Jack Youngblood did it back in the day. <laughs> you can you can do it. Just tape it up, spit on it, and go out there and play. Um, my my position coach used to say that Barry Lamb. He told Lamb. us. He he told us Barry Lamb's crazy. He, he told us. He said if you get helped from the field. You better have a broken leg. That's what he said. Wow. He said, if, if you get assisted from the field, you better have a broken leg. That's what he used to tell us. Well, that says something about Taysom Hill, who did not want to get helped off the field. With, last a, broken year. with a broken leg. <laughs> with a broken leg. Yeah. But, but so, so, B, what would you do, man? It, would you, with your philosophy and how you think, defensive-minded, go hard all the time, you know, there's no excuses, you got to be physical. Yeah. Would you taper back? This early in fall camp, I mean, for example, would you have have this still go through with the scrimmage on Saturday, but maybe you are shortening up the the uh, the live periods? Yeah, right. That's what, where what, what that's you where you and the the key is you educate your players. I mean, there are some injuries you just can't prevent, but mm-hmm. there's a lot that you can. And you know, when guys are rolling around on the ground, that's when the bad injuries happen. That's yeah. when guys get rolled up on. So the biggest thing is just keeping everybody on your feet. Mm. And, you know, it's easier said than done. It's, it's tough. But it, it's just kind of educating guys and, and, and getting guys on the same page. You know, if, if you're winning a battle on somebody, yeah. you don't finish him. Right. You know, right. that's your teammate. You don't finish your teammate. You just, you know, if an offensive lineman has, has a defensive lineman in a vulnerable position and he could finish him to the ground, you don't. You just let them up, plays over, you won. Everybody knows it. The coaches can see it. And it, it takes a level of discipline. It takes, it takes a level of brotherhood. Yeah. You know, and, and just realize, hey, we're not trying to beat up each other. We're, we're trying to beat Nebraska in a couple weeks. We're not trying to beat BYU. This is what um, Mike Shanahan always – I was in six training camps, different coaches, three different head coaches. Um, training camp's terrible in the NFL – but the best, the best coach that I had, for that matter, was Mike Shanahan. It wasn't even close. And he always said this, hey, we're not trying to beat the Redskins. We're trying to beat whoever our week one opponent was. And when you have that in mind, the big picture, it's easier to maybe tone it back or do it, whatever you need to do. After one week of fall camp, and you've experienced this both at the NFL level and at the collegiate level, when you stand back and look at what BYU is right now, 
how much do the coaches really know about what kind of a team they have after one week of fall camp? I think they know they know about the guys that they already know, the veterans, but the young guys, I think they're still kind of waiting to see because because it's camp's a grind, okay? Yeah. And so and that's what coaches are waiting to see. They they're waiting to see practice 20 and practice 21 and and deep into camp. They're waiting to see who still runs to the ball. Mm-hmm. Who still gives 100% who still pays attention to the details? If a receiver is supposed to break his route at eight yards, not nine, not seven, but eight, who still do- it's easy to do that on day one, but who's still doing that on day 17, day 18, day 19, when they're banged up and they're tired and they're bruised and it's the grind of camp? That's a great point, man, because yeah. that was me in 2009. I, I, I flashed you know, the first maybe week, week and a half, and then it got to the point where – you know, you hit that camp wall, like wall. right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny because, you, yeah, you know, you, you get out oh, of bed. Yeah. There's, there's everything a, hurts. Dude, there was a time. There, there's a time. And, yeah, no, everything hurts. There, and you literally go through this where you look at yourself in the mirror eye to eye and you're like, do I really want to play football? <laughs> yes. You played your whole right? Am I right? Oh, you're you right. You played your whole life and it does not matter. You have oh. that look, that stare, and that conversation. Where's the camera at? You have that look, that stare, and you're like, do you really want to play football? You've been playing football for the last 10 years, but do you really want to play? You really have – that's yeah. how mentally exhausting it is. It is. And, dude, I remember it got to the point when, at BYU where I was trying to get so much sleep where I didn't brush my teeth. I timed it perfectly where I was like, okay, it's going to take me approximately 8.30 seconds eight, – 8 minutes and 30 seconds to get to the team. Okay, if I wake up, I'm going to sleep with my clothes on. You said it. <laughs> Just to get like three minutes sleep extra sleep. Sleepwalk to the car, get in the car. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that, but that, is, a, that is a great point there is yeah. – you know who can do this when the time comes? Because that's that's yeah. that, those are the soldiers I want to go yeah. out in battle. That's yeah. It comes down to the guys that want to grind. Yeah. Look, everyone can have fun when it's easy, right? Yeah. When it's yeah. exciting, it's new. Day it's one, fresh. everybody's excited Woo! on day one. Let's go! Baby. Everybody's hooting and hollering and got all sorts of energy, fresh from summer. Yep. What about day twelve? Yeah. What about what about day fifteen? What about practice twenty four? And I don't care what, it is. Five, I don't care what yeah. it is in life, football, anything difficult yes. of worth. Yes. When it's hard, when you don't feel like it, when you're sick. Who's when, still excited? When guys can still find a way to enjoy those moments, mm-hmm. to appreciate those, those are the guys you want. Who's yeah. still paying attention to the details? To the details. I'm supposed to be uh, a four I, not a four, a four I in this front. Am I in a four I as a defensive lineman? Okay, as an outside linebacker, my drop is supposed to be three yards outside the hash, not four yards, not two yards. It's supposed to be three yards outside the hash. Am I there at twelve yards deep? That's easy to do on day one. It is, that, yeah, that that it really is. So let's 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 talk about the the scrimmage uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, you know, we, you already kind of touched base on what the coaches are are going to be looking for. Um, but but really, what do you think the coaches are trying to look for specifically uh, for this team? And, and on Saturday um, in regards to the, the actual scrimmage. You know, you guys talked about trust with a quarterback and receiver. I think that's what coaches really look for in these scrimmages and in practice and camp. They want to know what guys they can trust, what guys are going to execute the defense, be in the right place at the right time with effort. That's what they're looking for. And the scrimmage tomorrow is just another opportunity for all those kids to showcase that. 
You talk about flashing. You want to flash? Be where you're supposed to be. When you're supposed to be there with enthusiasm and effort, you're going to find your way onto the field. Brian, we don't have much time left, but I do want to get your thoughts on Sione Takitaki and the fact that he won't play in that first game against Nebraska. How concerned are you about the status of BYU going into that game without Sione as a linebacker? You know, it sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for us. And that's the thing, you know, I always joke about it with guys now. I joke about it with you. I'm, I'm, when I leave here in a minute, I'm going to say my joke to you that I say every weekend, don't put the program at risk. <laughs> I say that joke when I walk out of here. That's what Bronco used to tell, tell us. Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to tell us that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he still says that, but, and we used to joke about it amongst ourselves. But when practice ended, we'd come up on a knee and we're leaving. Um, he'd often say it on a weekend. Yeah. He'd often say it if we had a break or if we had some time off and we we're going to be away. But he would say, don't put the program at risk. And that's the thing. You know, it's unfortunate. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want. It's not my business. I don't want to know. But here's, here's what I do know. It's disappointing. And, you know, you need guys that don't let the other guys down. Mm-hmm. That don't let the other guys down. And, you know, he, we, he's one of our best pass rushers. We need him. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to have him. We'll be fine. We got other guys. It's an opportunity for another guy to rise up. Mm-hmm. That's the silver lining. But, you know, it still sucks. And, and when you're a band of brothers, you don't let other guys down. Great stuff as always, Brian. Let's do it again next Friday, shall we? Sounds good. We are that much closer to BYU actual football against Nebraska, as we profiled earlier, 22 days away from game number one against Nebraska. Send in your responses to our Twitter question. Is it Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz who's going to have the better statistical year as a receiver? Up next... What's the chance BYU has two 1,000-yard receivers this year? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Spencer Linton and Brian Logan, live from Studio B. It's your turn to read, Brian. BYU women's soccer <laughs> takes on Arizona tomorrow at Southfield. Tune into BYU TV for all the action. Match kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern time with my man Spencer Linton on the call. Brian was too busy thinking about the next clever thing he was going to say to me in response to our Twitter question. Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz, who will have the better statistical year and why? At, is it dope him up? Okay, yep. there you go. Kurtz will stretch the field a la Kali. Matthews will move the chains a la Pitta. Mm. Kurtz will have more yards. That's the second time we've, yep. we've seen that. Yes. More yards for Kurtz, but perhaps more catches for Mitch Matthews. Let's play What's the Chance, shall we? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? We're going to throw out some numbers, some situations, and Brian and I are going to assign a percent chance of that thing happening or not happening. Number one. What's the chance BYU has two 1,000-yard receivers this season? Brian, it's only happened two times in the history of BYU football that they've had two receivers with 1,000 yards in the same season. I don't think it's going to be this year. I would love it, but too much Taysom Hill lowers the chance. He's he's too effective with other things and so many receiving options. I say 5% chance, 5%. two 1,000-yard receivers in the same year. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I agree with you on that. I'm going to say 25%. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Um, the only reason why is if if – Taysom does take it upon himself to run a little bit more. And if teams are a little bit more concerned with that, you can see teams trying to load the box, dropping a safety down. And so what that is going to do is free up 
um, some some holes in the defense, some coverages. Now you only have a corner, a safety in the other corner instead of having essentially two on one, right? Um, so just more opportunities, I, I think, could happen. But again, to you, uh, to your point, really depends on on Taysom's legs. But to me, I'm flipping it on you. So I want to say 25%. Number two. What's the chance Riley Burt carries the ball for BYU this season? I say 95%. Look out, Wagner. Here comes the pride of Box Elder High School <laughs> and Manaway, Utah, Riley Burt, who ran for over 1,100 yards in his high school career. He's going to flirt with 100 yards in that Wagner game. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm gonna say 100% chance for sure. Uh, you know, there's some games uh, uh, outside of Wagner that I think – he can get some some time playing with, but I mean, for the, for for the coaches staff to move him, uh, obviously says that there is a a concern or, or there's a reason why you move somebody uh, on on the other side of the ball. Uh, so, hundred percent. Number three, what's the chance Tanner Mangum has more passing yards than Taysom Hill in tomorrow's scrimmage? Mm, okay, this is tough. This is a tough one because my my first impression of Tanner Mangum is that he's he wants to throw the ball more than Taysom Hill does. So I'm going to say yeah. 51% in favor of Tanner Mangum. He will have more passing yards than Taysom Hill because Taysom, he is wired to run. Yeah, and because of that, I'm going to say 100% again. When, when, really, 100% say, Tanner I, Mangum will I'm throw? Gonna, I'm going to say 100%. Wow. I'm going to say 100%, yeah. Yeah, and how I, many reps is Tanner going to get in the scrimmage that's, tomorrow? That, well, that's another reason why I think he's going to get more reps. I mean, coaches say, "Well, we want our ones and twos and threes to get all the reps." I think deep down, I don't care, man. This is what I would do. Deep down in their hearts, they know the chances of of Taysom having another injury and, and the importance of that. Um, so why not take an opportunity like a scrimmage to get your second team quarterback more reps than your first team, trying to keep Taysom a little bit healthy as well? Number four. What's the chance BYU women's soccer wins a fourth consecutive WCC championship? 90% conversation of they've won three in a row. Why would I pick against BYU to win another one? They're the 19th ranked team in the country, although Pepperdine's ranked 10th in the same conference, higher ranked team. BYU is going to win another WCC title. They own WCC. I'm going to go three for three, win 100%. Wow. You, 100%. <sighs> three in a row. Have some objectivity here, Brian. Mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. 100%. <laughs> that wraps up What's the Chance? Up next, some of our top moments from this week in the soundbite form. It's our Sounds of the Week plus our Elite Tweet of the Day. And who deserves the rise and shout on a fast Friday? This is BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Riley Burt announced on Twitter that he's moving back to running back from cornerback. Burt will help sure uh, up some depth at the running back position with that move. Also, Nebraska announced that five players will be suspended for the BYU game. No names or reasons were given. Cougars in the NFL. DeAndre Wesley played for the Ravens on the game-winning drive last night. Wani Unga, Rob Daniel, and Spencer Hadley are looking to see some time in preseason NFL action for the Giants and Raiders, respectively, tonight. Men's volleyball. Team USA swept Mexico and play Argentina tonight. Ben Patch recorded 17 kills and two blocks, while Jake Langlois put down 16 kills. 
Baseball. Jacob Brugman in the minor leagues went two for four with a double and a couple of runs batted in and a 3 nothing win over the Springfield Cardinals. Well done, Jacob. Soccer. Number 19, BYU hosts Arizona at Southfield tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time in an exhibition game. Make sure to check it out on BYU TV or head over to the game to see my man Spencer Linton live in action. Give me the sounds of the week. I remember playing in 2009 at the Cowboy Stadium for the first time in my life, Spencer. I was 6'3 on those monitors. <laughs> Big deal. I promise you this. We will, uh, when we step out on the field, though, we're going to be worth watching. We'll be ready to play. I'm not, I'm not backing down from that. But today, I'm not willing to say that we're the best group. We got a ways to go. Whether it's one person or the whole team, we make a mistake, the whole team pays for it. And so that's, how, that's our philosophy on the practice field as well. You know, if, if, if one person throws a punch, you know, the whole team is, is going to be punished for that. And so, like I said, I don't know if we really like it, but it's, it, we need it. And the accountability is there. So. Man, it feels like it's like game day. Every time it's team, period, or like, man, I was just hanging out with you right before this, and we were just cracking jokes. Now I don't know you. You have to build almost like, not a hate, but I'm going to do all I can to stop you guys, and you're going to do all you can to try to score on us. I'm telling all the recruits, hey, you're going to be in a practice facility, show them pictures of it. You're going to have your own deal. we got the new scoreboard. There's no question it attracts. How does the Marriott Center look? Oh, my gosh, it looks amazing. It's got the blue seats all around it now. It's looking, uh, it's looking awesome. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to DeAndre Wesley. Played well last night in his first preseason action with the Ravens on the offensive line. Our elite tweet of the day in response to Mitch Matthews or Nick Kurtz. Who's going to have the better statistical year and why? At Sean Larson. No, excuse me. At CJ America 11 says, I see him having very similar stats. Mitch gets the edge, already proven on the battlefield. Learning curve for Nick. Hmm, no wonder why that is the elite tweet. Makes sense. I am appalled, again, that you would assume I would purposely put that in there just to support my own case, Brian. Hey, I would do that if I was the host. Thanks to Brian <laughs> Keel and everyone on our crew. Conversation goes 24-7 on Twitter. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast. Shout out to Byron Rex. For Brian, I'm Spencer. We'll see you on Monday.